Hey everyone, welcome to the Honest as a Mother podcast. I am your host, Amanda, and I am here to help break down walls, have conversations, and normalize all aspects of motherhood. This shit is so hard. We need to band together, let down our walls, and start talking about what motherhood is really like. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Honest as a Mother podcast. You're back with your host, Amanda, and today I have a very, very cool guest. Um, I have my friend Tisha Gibbon. She is a mutual friend, actually, of a previous guest on my podcast, uh, Jen. So shout out to Jen. (laughs) (laughs) She connected us and thought that, you know, we may hit it off and we did. And I asked Tisha to come on my podcast and share her story with us because it's just an incredible story and it's so relatable. And as I got to know her a little bit more, I was like, oh my God, I could see me in her. I could see so many of us in her because, well, wait till you hear it and you'll totally know why. Um, So welcome, Tisha. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Good. I'm excited that you're excited (laughs) because your story is just, I mean, it's so relatable and it's so, I don't know, it's just very moving. So please, um, if you don't mind, share your story with us. Please tell my listeners kind of a little bit about you and how many kids you have and where you're from and that good stuff. Okay. So we already know my name's Tisha. I have two little girls. Uh, They are five and seven. One's about to be eight. I guess, you know, becoming a mother was so important to me. And I think a lot of women relate to this. Like I wanted to get it right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't just want to do it well. I wanted to be like, great. I wanted to be an incredible mom. And, you know, I think so many of us, we don't really know even what that means, but for some reason we want it. Like our goal is to be the perfect mom, but our idea of what the perfect mom is, is very, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very vague, right? Like it's not really tangible. There's no real definition, but I was really striving for that. I work full time as a teacher. So I was working all day and then coming home and caring for my children. And I was very, um, I was very hands-on, very engaged with what was going on in their school, in the extracurriculars, planning big events on the weekend, always making sure that we had sort of planned activities happening. Right. Frankly, I was really overwhelmed with it all, just trying to do all the things and trying to be all of the things and doing that all of the time. And I found that I was becoming irritable, short-tempered, forgetful. Like it was, although I had so much on my mind that I was trying to do and so much I wanted to accomplish that I was forgetting things. So I kept thinking, oh, it's just because I'm not organized enough. And if I can really just get organized, then all my problems will be solved, right? If I can 
figure out how to organize the toys, then I'm not going to be stressed about cleaning up the toys. Right. If I can write, I won't have a mess. If I can write everything down in my planner, then I'll never forget anything. And I did that almost to a point of maybe stressing myself out a little bit, like writing down absolutely everything because I was trying to do too much. Sorry. It's hard. It's so hard to recognize that sometimes because I think you easily take on the role of, well, I'm the mom. I'm supposed to do everything. I'm supposed to remember everything. And do you ever feel like sometimes you you're sometimes I feel like that's what I did to my mom. And now I realize like, Oh, sorry, mom, that wasn't the case. Like, but I think what you're saying too, when you get this idea of like what type of mom you're going to be, you almost compare yourself a little bit to your mom, even if you didn't have the best relationship with them, but you're still like, well, my mom remembered everything and they did everything. And you can just like, you put this big pressure on yourself to just be everything because your mom. Right. So I didn't really have that mom. Mm-hmm. But I thought everybody else had that mom. Right. So that's what I mean. Like, right. So you I thought everybody to be had that. the June Cleaver mom and the moms that you see on TV or the snippets that you see when you go to a friend's house for dinner. Right. But that's not reality. No. And probably none of those moms really had it all together. No. But we have this idea that we're just we're going to have it all together. And, you know, I did the parent council, the huge birthday parties. I was busy. And if I had five minutes to myself, I didn't just sit down and relax. I was like, oh, I've got five minutes. That's great. I'm going to empty the dishwasher. I'm going to pick up a few toys. Like I never gave myself any time to decompress, to take care of myself. Yeah. Right. So as the story goes, I ended up being diagnosed with cervical cancer uh, two years ago, and that stopped me in my tracks. Yeah, I imagine it would. um, At that time, my girls were three and five. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't be sick. I have two little kids. I'm too busy to be sick. Right. I yeah. Like so I don't much have time. Like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Joking, you, we but... have, yeah. No, I, I but I, and I kind of do get where you're coming from. Yeah. And I was lucky that the, the cancer was caught early. So it was late stage one. I ended up having a full hysterectomy and I didn't need any further treatment beyond that. Yeah. By the way, right? like, holy cow. Yeah. Like <laughs> I missed chemo by a millimeter. Like, wow. The, if it had been one millimeter bigger, I would have had to have chemo. It was very traumatic to sit in a doctor's office and be told that you have cancer. And it really, I didn't, I stopped working for a while. Um, and I waited until after the surgery. And then I was better, according to the doctor. They're like, you don't need any further treatment. And I thought it was going to be this great moment, this great release where, oh my gosh, this huge, you know, weight was taken off my shoulder. And I wasn't as elated as, as elated as I thought I was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it really caused me to look at my life, right? Like, and really examine the way that I'd been living. And I worked really hard to, you know, go to school and get a good job and get married and have kids and buy the house and all of the things you're supposed to be doing. Right. But I never stopped for a second to enjoy any of it. 
yeah. because I was too busy trying to get it perfect and trying to pursue more, right? So it wasn't enough to like have a regular birthday party. I was going to go over the top and have the birthday party. So and kill myself to get it done. Yeah. So we talked about this a little bit and I really wanted to touch on it. We were discussing previously on a Zoom call when we first met about the birthday parties and like we need to talk about the birthday parties because the pressure (laughs) to have the perfect birthday party is insane to me. This was the first year my son just turned four and my daughter turned two. This was so this was my fourth birthday party because I just say from Connor's first one till now. This was the first one that I was like, forget it. I am not doing the be all end all. And all we really did was I got them each a set of balloons. They got a cake and they got their presents. And I literally ordered pizza and a few people brought, um, we just had like my mom and my dad over and they each brought a salad done. And And they had a great time. They had a freaking great time. And I went to the dollar store. I bought Spider-Man plates and my daughter Elsa plates. And I'm telling you, we ate off those plates for like two weeks because they were so excited about the damn plates. But for some reason, I had it in the years before in my head that it couldn't be that simple. It had to be this big thing because you see these moms on Instagram and all these ideas on Pinterest. Pinterest. Oh, the Pinterest moms. I hate them, but I kind of want to be them. <laughs> and that's the trap we fall into because we realize, we know it's not realistic, but we still are trying to achieve it. Right. It's like, I, you know that you hate, I hate them because I ain't them. That's me. I am them. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Yes. Yes. Um, I would say generally most birthday parties for me were like a six week planning ordeal. I've referred to myself as a recovering birthday party maximalist. Oh my god. Right. So we always made all the food and you know had the menus and I would have custom cupcake tags and food labels that I often had to hand cut myself. And what about goodie hours- bags? Oh, and the loop bags. So at some point somebody told me that like five dollars for a loop bag was reasonable. So I always had it in my mind that I was going to spend $5 for a loot bag, but I always spent more. Right. I always wanted to match the theme of the party. So every party oh, has yes. have a theme and then you want the loot bags to march, match the theme. And then my oldest daughter would get birthday party invites and she'd be like, what's the theme? Oh I'm no. Like, oh my gosh. I am <laughs> ruining this child. So like I'm creating another monster, Because if she right? gets invited to a birthday, she wants to know what the theme is. Yeah. And, you know, I attended a few birthday parties where they ordered pizza, mom made the cake, there were some balloons, the kids just played, and my kids had a great time. And the birthday kid had a great time. Yeah. And, you know, I've I've spent a fortune on birthday parties, and I started slowly trying to rein it in keep telling myself I'm gonna I'm gonna rein it in I'm gonna rein it in Mm -hmm. and I would do better but not great the COVID kind of lockdown has forced a lot of us to slow down yeah as yourself right that was probably a factor in you having that smaller birthday party yeah but it also makes us see how simple it can be 
Yeah. And still be just as meaningful and still add just as much value to their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without spending a fortune, without having to go into debt, without stressing ourselves out to make it so over the top, it can just be simple and still have the same impact. It, it really, really can. I think another thing we talked about uh, before was the birthday cakes. Like oh. I, like the last couple of years, I've ordered a birthday cake. And this past year I did order a birthday cake because I wasn't fully out of my perfection crazy, you know, mm-hmm. wannabe Pinterest mom. It's birthday a journey. <laughs> oh yeah. Next year it's not happening. But so I, I mean, I didn't spend a fortune on this cake, but I spent money on this cake and it was a beautiful cake and it was like half Elsa and half marbles. And I was so excited about it. My kids were way more excited about the box cake that my stepmother made them way more excited. They ate the whole thing. I threw out the rest of the cake that I paid money for. And she paid like $5 maximum for all of the ingredients to make them that cake, but they loved it. It was so special to them because she made it. It's definitely one of the changes that I started making. And I am in fact planning a party for my daughter. Her birthday's on Thursday. And um, one of the traditions we have started is that we make the cake together and they get to pick the color of the icing. We go to bulk barn, we pick out the sprinkles. So it kind of becomes a thing that we can do together, spend quality time together bond together the cake is just as good like for them from their meaning I'm sorry to all the bakers out there that I'm suggesting people don't buy your very fancy cakes but I think that the the process of making the cake and being part of that and spending time with their family adds way more value to their lives than me spending hours you know, working with a baker to create that custom cake. For sure. And most of the kids hate fondant anyways. So true. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very true. Right. So you, you pay all this money for the cake and it looks amazing. Yeah. And a lot of the time they taste amazing, but for the kid, it doesn't matter. And if we're talking about a kid's birthday party, that's who it should be about. Yeah. For sure. Right? It shouldn't really be about impressing the other moms or impressing your mom or, you know, the other people who are coming. It should really be about what them and what, what about the child and what makes them happy. For and sure. my kids are so excited. I put like Elsa figurines, like little characters that we had on top of the cake and yeah. we did blue icing. It was amazing. Yeah. Like that's, that's all I care about. Right. And then now my daughter's birthday is coming up and she's so excited because she knows we're going to be making the cake together. And just that spending the time together, I think is, um, it's so important. And to have those, we talked about your stepmom always makes the cake, right? So it becomes part of a tradition. And those are the things that really bond us. And those are the things that will carry on after we're gone or the things that our children are going to remember when they're older, they're gonna be like, Oh, yeah, every year on my birthday, we made the cake or mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> so when you when you I guess then when you were diagnosed with cancer, that's when you kind of got you kind of stopped and looked at your life and was like, what the hell am I doing? That's yeah. what you were saying earlier, right? Like you don't, yeah. you don't feel like you 
took the time to enjoy things. You were just kind of I was go 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 right like most of, of us are. Like we are all so guilty of it. It's and it's horrible, but it's true. Right? And then I got diagnosed and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you know, I really I had this goal that I wanted to buy a house, so I bought a house. I wanted to get married. I was married. I wanted to have kids. I want, I had kids, right? Like I had all of those things that growing up I dreamed I would have as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I never stopped to even take that in and to really appreciate and be grateful for what I had because I was so busy trying to be perfect and almost trying to achieve more. Right. Like right. Everything so, wasn't good enough. Right. And I think people fall into this trap where they, they have their house and then it's like, well, but I want a bigger house. Mm-hmm. My kids have toys, but we want more toys. Right. Right. We want a newer car. We want a bigger TV. Yeah. Right. Or all another of- TV or whatever. And so we're just working and hustling all the time and not really taking it in and appreciating those things that we have. So we had mountains of toys. I would say I probably got rid of about 50% of my kids' toys. That's it's amazing. And they still have a lot. They still oh, have yeah. a lot. But, you know, they would go down into the basement. We have a playroom there. And they would pull everything out, dump the bins over. Everything would be everywhere. And it was over it's way it was way too much to clean it was overwhelming for them it was overwhelming for me right so I just closed the door and I tried not to look at the playroom as I went into the laundry room just like block it out don't even look at it and then they didn't really even play down there anymore because it wasn't as fun you couldn't walk they were always stepping on toys they couldn't find the things that they wanted Mm -hmm. and as I said like part of it I started out just trying to organize it And I just had this sort of moment where I was like, it is not about the organization. There's too much stuff. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the bins that I get, regardless of the little labels that I put on all of the bins so that things will magically go back where they belong, it doesn't work that way. There was just too much. And, you know, one of the things I kind of figured out in like getting rid of stuff And then being really cognizant of what I now allow to come into the home. Mm -hmm. So it's not just you get rid of it and then you keep buying more and replace it. You have to keep it down. You have to change your behavior, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But I have so much more time because I'm not shopping for the latest, greatest thing. Because if I wanted to buy a doll... I would spend hours, I've done this, researching the difference between the American Girl doll and the Our Generation doll and the, I think there's My Life is another one. There's a whole bunch of them. They're all 18-inch dolls. They're pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. But I would spend so much time looking at reviews to make sure that I was getting the best one. Right. And now I have time to actually, I don't know, like relax, (laughs) talk to friends, spend time with my children. Enjoy what I have, right? I have time to make the cake now because I'm not shopping for the ultimate birthday present. Yeah. So it really, like getting rid of a lot of their toys, it it really had a lot of impact on our lives as a family. Yeah. And it changed the way that they play. Yeah. They actually play in the basement now. And they have their own space. And that's huge. Like my kids love like our playroom. 
we have a lot of toys too, but yeah, we don't, I don't it's have, hard. it is hard. It's, oh, we have three I'm not, grandparents. I, don't, I hope I don't make, I hope I'm not set, making it sound like it's easy. And the grandparents the grand- bring the bless gifts all the time and the aunts and then friends whose kids are older pass their stuff on to you and you oh, take yeah. it because- Right? You're like, oh, my kid will love this. And it's free, like a free toy that your kid will love. Come right. On. But it just piles up. Oh, yeah. It was oh, piling yeah. up. It also, I also started to feel a little bit guilty. Like, as I started to be like, oh, wait, you know, trying to be more grateful for the things that I have, looking at my life and trying to appreciate all that I have. Because I kind of felt like I'd been given this almost a second chance, right? Right. Yeah. I can understand Um, that. I started looking at what am I going to change and what would I do differently? And as I started to just try to be grateful for what I had, I started to also feel a little bit guilty for there being so much. Mm -hmm. Like I would look at the toys and be like, that is like way more than we need. Mm -hmm. And it almost made me feel bad. So in, you know, donating it, I sold some stuff on Facebook marketplace. I felt better about it. I don't look around and I'm not consumed by guilt over the amount of stuff that my kids have. Yeah. And that's such an amazing feeling. And that guilt, yeah, that guilt is horrible. The, the feeling like that's just a horrible feeling. And then if you're struggling with like changing your behavior in general, that can be so hard. Now add a layer of guilt on it. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. That's so good though. Because if you can get rid of that, bye. Bye. Right. Feel better about it. We all want to get it right. Mm -hmm. And, and part of that, I think we think that, especially if we're in a position to maybe financially provide stuff. We think we should. We think we should. Or that we we do it without thinking. Mm Mm-hmm right? It's sort of mindless buying. And I always found it so much easier to buy for my kids than myself. Me too. Like I would easily go months and not buy anything new for myself, but I was always buying new stuff for the kids. Me too. I got money for my birthday from my parents and I went to the mall. I had, I had the day off. I went to the mall alone with money in my wallet to spend on myself. And somehow I ended up in the old Navy kids section. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I here? This is not who I'm I buying think, for. I am buying for me. And I made myself leave. This so is like, what women do. I love you guys, but forget you. <laughs> you don't need any more stuff. And they don't. But I was like, oh, let's just go see what's on in like on sale in Old Navy or whatever. Because I mean, let's get real. In the spring, they're going to need new clothes because that's just the way it rolls around right. here. But, but it becomes so hard to. Yeah. It becomes so hard to buy for ourselves and not be like, oh, I'll just throw something in the cart for the kids too. For sure. Right? Like we can't just treat ourselves anymore because I think part of it maybe is this idea that as mothers, we have to be completely selfless. Yeah. I was just going to ask you that. Like, where do you think this whole feeling of perfectionism comes from? Because sometimes when I talk to mothers from like you know my mom's generation including my mom and a few of my mom's friends and my stepmom they don't feel like they had the same layer of perfectionism as we do and I think it changes person per person like I think I struggle a little bit with perfectionism myself it sounds like as do you so you know someone next to me might may not but I do feel like 
when you become a mom, even if perfectionism is something you haven't struggled with in your past, it creeps right in there and you want to be you're the struggling with perfect it now. mom. <laughs> right. It's like, you want to be the perfect mom and I need to have, my body needs to bounce back as soon as I have my baby and I'm going to yeah. be a rock star at breastfeeding and I'm not going to formula feed and the baby's going to sleep through the night right away. And then I'm going to have a toddler that has manners and doesn't hit and, you know, <laughs> and my daughter hits. That's why I bring this up. That there's, <laughs> there's my shame. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, even now, like I am like, well, I have this podcast for this reason. And I try to be as honest as I possibly can. And even myself, I catch myself all the time. Like my daughter, like I just said, she's two and she hits, she's a, she's a hitter. She's terrible. It's at what it. two year olds do. They all right. try it. I think. Yeah, for sure. And it's her thing. She's not the biter, but she totally hits. She's got a real good backhand. And um, sometimes I find myself explaining it to like my parents and I'll get all worked up about it. And it's like, why am I getting so worked up about this? She's freaking too. But somehow it turns into like, I'm a bad mom and I'm not the good mom and I didn't discipline her properly and I'm not raising her well. And it's like, no, man, we get it. She's too. We, We really compare ourselves to others. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I remember having a conversation with my mother-in-law who's quite a bit older. She's 80. I shouldn't be telling you that she's 80. And she said, you know, back in my day when I had kids, we just, we didn't really go anywhere. We didn't really do anything. She's like some of the moms in the neighborhood, we would go and have coffee on someone's porch in the morning. And that was it. She's like, and we cleaned our house. Right. And when she said it to me at first, I thought she was trying to suggest that maybe my house should be cleaner. But I realized <laughs> because we tend to think that, right? Like, oh, right, we're so self critical. But I think really what she was trying to get at was that it was just simpler. We didn't know what our old friend from elementary school was doing with her daughter on the weekend because of social media. You just knew the people on your street that you saw and maybe you saw it. There's sort of, you know, you talk about trying to be honest as a mother. And I think there's not enough people who are out there being like, Hey, this is hard. These are my struggles. And so many people trying to look like they have it all put together. And Mm -hmm. I think I was one of those moms. I think I was trying to present as though I had it all together and that I was doing all of the things I'm not sure if I had anyone fooled, but if you thought I had it all together, I was fooling you. Mm -hmm. And I've had this realization now that none of us have it all together, but we look at the other people and we look at Pinterest and we look on Instagram and social media and the little snippets that we see, you know, of a mom disciplining her kid at the park. And we think, oh, she's doing such a great job. You don't really know the ins and outs of someone's life. You don't really know what's going on. And I think there's not enough people just laying it down and saying, it's hard. It sucks. I don't have it all together. And, you know, we, we can't do everything. No, we can't. And we can try, but we'll break. And I think, you know, growing up, I think I was sort of told like I could do anything, right? Like yeah. girl power, girls can do anything. And, and that very well may be true. 
maybe you can do anything, but that doesn't mean you can do everything. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, Um, totally. And if you try to do everything, you end up dropping the ball somewhere. You forget stuff, right? You do. Or I was, I found like I was irritable and I was kind of shorter. I felt like I was more short-tempered with my kids than I wanted to be and more short-tempered with my husband than I wanted to be because I was operating in this sort of frenzied state all of the time that if one little thing went wrong, that was enough for me to feel like I was losing it. Mm-hmm. Right? I can relate. I can relate to that completely. My, um, after I had my daughter, I struggled really bad with my mental health and it was postpartum depression, but it manifested as anger. And like through a lot of therapy, I learned that anger man- manifests from anxiety and it manifests from, you know, not having control over things or like you're so There's, on the money when I'm, when I was thinking, when you said that I can remember like something as little as like my daughter needing to be fed in the middle of the night would just push me over the edge because she'd wake me up crying and I'd instantly be angry because it was like, I needed to get sleep because tomorrow morning I had to do this, 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 and this, and this. And with the toddler and the this, and it was like, I never got the time to just cool off or relax, but I did it to myself. It wasn't anybody doing it to me. It was, I was doing it to myself. Yeah. And I think it's so true. Like what you were saying about, you had so many things to do the next day and you're worried that now I'm going to be tired. I'm not going to get all of those things done. And like, why, why do our brains work like that? This is insane to me. I even as like, I know my brain works like that and I have to consciously (laughs) stop myself and a lot of moms do, but like, I wish we could figure out where this is coming from. Or I just wish that maybe more moms could be like you and just be more honest and just be like, this doesn't work. It doesn't work. So, but one of the things I'm trying to do, tell me what you're trying to do. I am not trying to do it all. My goal is really to have less to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm very caught like cautious around what commitments I make. And actually saying to myself, can I actually do that? Can I really commit to that? Because previously I would have been the first person to volunteer to do something at work, volunteer to do something at the school and end up with too much on my plate and think, oh, I'm going to do 10 things on one day and then feel bad about myself when I didn't get those 10 things done. Right. Even though they were unreasonable to begin with. Right. So trying to give myself a little more grace when I can't get it all done because maybe I've taken on too much. And like just that shift in perspective, like maybe it's not that I'm not capable or that I've failed. Maybe I was trying to do too much in the first place. I, we cut back on some extracurriculars with the kids. I resigned my position on the parent council at the school (laughs) now I can go to meetings if I want to but I don't have to go right so then you have the option of like if you don't have anything else going on and you're available to make it you're like oh you know what I can go this week and you're not filling your nights rushing from school to swimming to dance to this to that because I think one of the things we talked about earlier too was like when you put your kids into all these extracurricular activities 
you're committing yourself to these things too. And you don't even realize it because you have to drive them. You have to sit there and watch them or whatever. Yeah. You have to make sure they have their snacks and their water and my kids dance. So I have to make sure that their uniforms are clean for the day. All of that falls on us as parents. Right. My children play piano. And when I first put them in that, it was like, oh, it's just Mondays. They're going to go to piano. I didn't realize that actually you have to practice like five days a week. So right. it's, a, why would it's you? actually a big commitment. For sure. Um, I wouldn't think that pe- either. You wouldn't think that. And when people are like, oh, your kids take piano. Like I was thinking of putting my daughter in. I always tell them just so you know, it really is a commitment because if they don't practice, then when they go to the next class, they're not ready. And right. then they don't enjoy it. They don't want to go because it's too hard. They haven't practiced, right? Right. So I wish someone had told me, although I've got it sorted out and we've given up some other things and their piano classes right now are actually virtual, which I'm loving because I don't have to drive them anywhere. That's, that's pretty awesome, actually. Right? I'm thinking that there's probably a lot of people out there who are doing virtual classes and thinking, I never want to go back to the old way. Yeah, I think COVID's bringing, it's like shedding some light in some positive ways. Not that I want to give it any credit because it's a terrible thing. No, but I know. But like, there are some things that you're like, oh, this is kind of nice virtually. It kind of is nice to do this from the comfort of my home or just whatever. Or just simple things. I think you were telling me that your kids just went for a walk and put a doll in a stroller and they thought it was the greatest thing ever. And, you know, previously I may have thought that in order to have a great day, I had to take them to the zoo Mm -hmm. or go to the museum or, you know, go and do this amazing thing and get ice cream on the way home. Right. Like in order to have an amazing day, I always thought it had to be this big production and it really doesn't have to be it really can be pushing a doll in a stroller around the block amazing yeah so I was telling Tisha last week I think or a couple weeks ago maybe now when we met that when she was telling me about you know the zoos and the museums and having this pressure or putting this pressure on herself to do the you know the the big things with the kids because you know that's the only way they can enjoy spending time with us is doing the big things and I do it too. I've done it a million times, but that night before I had met her, my kids wanted to go for a walk around the block. It was nighttime and well, it was like, I say nighttime, but it was like five 30. It was dark. (laughs) It was dark. And they both wanted to push a doll in a stroller and we went around the block and I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Whatever. That's fine. So we did that. And when we got back, my son said to me, mom, that was so much fun. And I was like, it was okay. Yeah, it was, it was great. But then when, after I was speaking with Tisha, I was just like, she's so right. Because tonight my four-year-old, his highlight of the day was we put a doll in a stroller and walked around the block together. And he thought it was the best thing ever. I may have to do this tomorrow. I think my kids would love it. (laughs) You're going to have to. And you know, what's even better. Maybe now because we of that warm spell we had, I'm going to do it soon too. I was saying to my husband, we got to do it again because all of the Christmas lights are up. So in the walk, we can nail out the Christmas lights, but right. And you think 
um, there's all these, you know, we not really, I'm not really going to, but you could go to Niagara Falls and see the lights there and you think it has to be this big thing when in reality, you can just walk your kids around the block, check out all the lights around your house and they'll go ballistic. They'll think it's great. Yes. I think my daughter had her birthday, my younger one, her birthday's in June and everything was pretty much on lockdown then. Mm-hmm. And she likes trolls. So I hid trolls like around the house and they had to find the trolls and we made her cake and we, on their birthdays, we always measure them on the wall. That's like the highlight of the day. We tell them the story about the day that they were born. We have some sort of little traditions and we watch the new trolls movie. And she thought that was the greatest thing ever. There were no other kids that came over. There were no loot bags. There was, it was very, very simple. And I enjoyed the day too, because I wasn't frantically trying to make sure that everything was just right. Yeah. You got to enjoy her birthday. I got to enjoy her birthday. Which is huge because I'm sorry. (laughs) I am a firm believer. Like those days are about you and they're about me, my friend, because yes, it is the day they were born, but it is the day they came out of us. (laughs) So right. But so often we don't enjoy, I don't think a lot of moms enjoy the birthday party because you're so so busy. busy. And we think that it has to be this big thing in Mm -hmm. order for them to have fun. But she thought it was the greatest thing ever. I love that. And part of that maybe was just, it was just the four of us and we were all together and we, we talked a lot about her, right? We focused on her a lot and she got lots of sort of love and attention and we didn't get her a ton of gifts, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't about the presence. It was about that kind of time spent together. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So do you think then that COVID has kind of helped you through this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, like with the birthday party thing, for sure. Um, but it really did. I was already trying to slow down. I was already simplifying. I was already trying to look at my life and figure out how I can cut things back and, you know, put less pressure on myself. And when everything stopped, it kind of forced a lot of us to stop. We didn't have a choice. We didn't get to take our kids to extracurriculars five days a week. Yeah. Because it wasn't available. And I think you'll find that there's a lot of people who it was an adjustment. It was a bit of a shock to the system, but I definitely really enjoyed it to be honest with you. Like not, not the COVID piece. Right. And you know, the scariness of people getting sick and the reality of that, but it really forced us all to kind of slow down and just be together with our families without all the distractions. Absolutely. Yeah. My husband and I were saying, we're talking about Christmas and what we think that will look like, but we reflected back to Easter. And I remember during Easter, I was so sad that I couldn't be with my extended family, but the day of Easter it was really nice that we just woke up and we did an Easter egg hunt with the kids, popped the turkey in the oven. We sat down, the four of us, we got the kids all dressed up in their Easter like, outfit that we bought yes. them. And it was really nice. Like I really missed my parents and my grandparents. And honestly, that part was devastating, but it That's was hard. also 
but it was also nice to just not have to go anywhere. So my parents are divorced. So we are always running. I have in-laws, my mom's, my dad. So we're always yes, kind it's of a lot. busy. It, yeah, it's a lot. And that's what my husband was saying too. If Christmas was like that, he's like, yeah, it'll suck. But it'll also just be different and we might even appreciate it just like we did during Easter. It was kind of nice just to have it be us. Yes. I've been giving some thought to Christmas too. It's going to be a very different year. It'll be a lot quieter, but also more intimate Mm -hmm. in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are fewer of you and there are ways that you can make that special. You can still dress up. You can still do the turkey, right? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. It's just COVID has given me a different perspective on, I think, my whole entire life for the exact same reasons that you're saying. And I think the only way to get through the rest of this awful year is to kind of focus on those positive things that have come out of it. And if one thing that has come out of it is you've, it's helped you slow down and help you feel better. And that's all that matters. You know, I think of you know, the best way to clean out a closet is just to take everything out and then decide what you're putting back in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with COVID, like with everything being on lockdown, it was like, you got rid of everything. Mm -hmm. And now you get to decide what pieces you're going to put back into your life. Yeah. When you move forward. Yeah. That's actually a really good analogy. Um, Love it. And so that makes it easier than just cutting it out. Cause it's like, you've cut everything down to bare bones. So now what are you going to choose to keep as opposed to what are you going to get Absolutely. rid of? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So for any one of my listeners who are, I was going to say who any one of my listeners who are listening, but that doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> <laughs> I hope all the listeners are listening. Right. Let's hope they just don't <laughs> click download to make me happy. <laughs> For my listeners, if there's someone listening who they're thinking like, oh my gosh, that's me. I am Tisha. Help me, Tisha. Like, what would your piece of advice be for someone who is struggling with perfection and is struggling to hold back and not be that perfect mom? What's your advice to just say like, stop, stop being the perfect mom? That's a big question. I think one of the biggest things for me is that I learned to give myself grace and just be okay with not being so hard on myself when I failed because I felt like I was failing all of the time. Right. And then when I was able to sort of accept that I can't do it all, it became easier. And I think I ask myself a lot, is this really adding value? Right. Is this really adding value to my life? And Sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not. And if it's not, like, it's okay to say no. Yeah. It's okay to say no. I think that's That's, really important. I think that's so hard when you get invited to go somewhere or you get asked to do something, asked to run an errand for somebody, and we want to be helpful, right? And we want to say yes, but we end up putting so much on our plates And it's okay to say no to your kids too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. Which is hard sometimes. Totally. It is. It really, really is. Right. It doesn't sound hard. And when you're like picturing what you're going to be like when you're a mom and you're like, oh, my kids will never do that. I will discipline them. They'll never have this. They'll never do that. You know? And then it's like, they're screaming at you because they want the yellow cup and not the blue cup. And then you're just like, okay, here's the blue cup. (laughs) 
It's that blue cop, right? Or yeah, you give think, into it, but we say we won't, but it's so incredibly hard sometimes to say no to them. Right. And they ask us to do a lot of things for them. Mm-hmm. And I always had this like sense of urgency that I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. If they asked me, you know, I'm thirsty. It was like, I had to jump up, but it's okay to say, just give mommy a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I started to do that. Actually. <laughs> I start. this is like this week started to do it. And I don't even know why I always felt that way. Maybe because when they're newborns, they like scream the place down and we're like in rushing to get that bottle yes. in their mouth or whatever. Yes. Especially and it if just continues. Have- yeah. So you're like, I need a drink. You're like, oh my God. Okay. Okay. I'll get you a drink right now. <laughs> yeah. I had a really like cranky baby. And so it was just whatever we could do. So she didn't cry. We did, but eventually they outgrow that. Right. Right. And but we can- don't. <laughs> But we don't, and we still keep doing everything as though there's this sense of urgency, and then they think we're going to do it. I just got blamed for my daughter forgot her water bottle, which I gave to her. And then she's like, you forgot it. I'm like, I gave it to you. You put it down and didn't pick it up again. So whose fault is this? Oh, good for you. Right? Like, Yeah, good for you, <laughs> I'm mama. I'm not taking the blame for this. Yes, because there does come a point like my, okay, my two-year-old is two, so she's different. My four-year-old, no, I am now putting some responsibility on him because he's four. He can understand that he has to put socks on when he wears shoes. It's not my issue if you left the house with no socks. I mean, maybe it is, but. I mean, you have to be reasonable. Absolutely. four. Right. But it's okay for him to have some responsibility and they feel good about it. For sure. If you give them a little independence and they can prove they can do it, it actually builds their self-esteem. So it's win-win. That's right. You don't have to worry about their socks and they feel good about themselves. Absolutely. Perfect. He's responsible for his own socks now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this one day when he's older and he'll be like, that lady started me having to get my own socks. <laughs> so, so that's, you know, that's a really good piece of advice. Thank you very, very much for sharing. Well, thanks for having me. This has been awesome. I really, really appreciate your time and I appreciate your honesty and just you coming and sharing because as you know, there are so many moms who will listen to this and who will, you know, feel where you're coming from and they'll be able to relate to you. But there's so many of us that are not willing to say it, that we don't want to say it. And we just want to keep being the perfect mom or trying to be anyways. So hopefully, you know, your wise words are getting into the minds of all of us everywhere because we are all guilty of these things. We, we hope. And it's so hard when you're overwhelmed to even recognize you're overwhelmed. Totally. And then to admit it. Oh God, no, it doesn't happen. Especially if you're beating yourself up for being a failure. Right. Why would I ever admit that I'm overwhelmed? Right. Why would I admit that I can't do it all? That's right. like the worst thing ever. I'm super mom. But we can't. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. we can't. <laughs> no, we definitely can't. Well, yeah. guys, thank you again so much for tuning in to another episode. And I will talk to you next week. See ya.